Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, modern parenting is tough, especially when it comes to navigating a balance between providing kids with access to technology and maintaining a healthy amount of screen time. Now, as a parent, how do you know the difference between if your kids are tech savvy enough that they won't be left behind to understanding what is the right amount of exposure to technology and when have they simply just had enough screen time? Now, lucky for us today, our special guests uh, will share some expert tips and advice with an easy approach that you can apply at home to help navigate this. So today we speak with Christopher Hogman, Global Education Strategy of 3P Learning, who are the name behind online, online, um, online sorry, learning programs such as Mathletics, uh, Ready Writer and Reading Eggs. Now, a little bit about our guest. Chris has a science maths degree and a master of teaching and on a regular basis he presents webinars pod uh, pod, podcasts um, on pedagogy engagement uh, navigating COVID-19 remote teaching and learning and for the last 10 years Chris has also taught high school uh, mathematics in both Australia and in the UK in both public and private sectors um, in the classroom and also head of department. So thank you for joining us today, Chris. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's it's great to be here. And I, I might add, I am also the father of uh, a 10-year-old and an almost 7-year-old. I think that's probably <laughs> the toughest job that I do. <clears throat> I love it, the almost 7-year-old. And Chris, it's been said also that you're really passionate about making learning real and relevant for students. And, you know, in this day and age, uh, kids and technology pretty much go hand in hand these days. And it's really hard to believe that so many children will go throughout life not knowing what life was actually and the world was like before we had access to technology. So, you know, many parents do ask the question, has technology brought conveniences or complexities to our lives? So as a dad, as you just mentioned, and a high school maths teacher, do you think children are better or worse off with technology in their life? Yes. Can, can I answer yes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it's it's a multifaceted question. It's a very difficult one. I think there is the temptation to sometimes just just throw out technology to to land on sort of that end of the the scale and say, look. There are so many dangers. There are so many worries. Um, there's there's new articles coming out all the time, sort of alerting us to these. That the temptation is to to throw things out, um, but I think that would be remiss because technology also does give us so many great things, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, so I think we have to we have to take a, a really common sense approach. I think we have to acknowledge, I think it's really helpful to acknowledge that it's a really tough job. Like as parents, we want to we want to protect our kids. We want to do the best for our kids, especially because they're vulnerable in in so many ways. Um, so it's really helpful to acknowledge it's a it's a it's a tough gig. Um, and there are there are people that land on all parts of the scale. I speak to to parents every week who say, you know what, 
I'm going to sort of let them leave them to their own devices, forgive the, the pun, and, and let them run their own world. They're, they're tech natives, they're digitally savvy. I'm going to let them go. And then I've got equally the same parents on the other end um, who, who are, are also trying to do the right thing by their kids. And they say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to protect them from the dangers of technology. I'm going, to, I'm going to protect them from the dangers of social media. And we're going to say no devices in the home or ever. And, and both, of, both ends of those scale have, um, have real dangers in there as well. So I think it's such a tough job being a parent with all this conflicting advice. And, and sometimes you just want to bury your head in the sand and say it's all too hard. <laughs> well, I mean, following from that then, I mean, how with all your experience as well and in what you've done with teaching and also in, in your professional role um, with 3P Learning, how do you see children continue to benefit from technology? And equally on the flip side, how do you see that um, their lives have been hindered? Uh, because of it, two-part question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's. I might need to come back for the for the second part after I, <laughs> after I talk. Uh, again, this is something that I I get to wrestle with, and and there's there's no silver bullet to, to any of these these answers. But some of the some of the real benefits of technology that that I see day to day is is just the sheer engagement. Um, so technology, um, it's it's often interactive. It's colourful. You can you can play with it much more than you can um, often really. Uh, simple concepts on paper can come to life and be really dynamic um, on a screen. So it engages kids in their in their learning. Um, it has this amazing ability to to connect students, um, and sometimes that can 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 come back and be a detriment as well. But um, it connects kids um, either one to one. It might connect them to their teacher. Um, it might give um, access to information. Um, just in a couple of weeks, we've got a um, World Maths Day, which is going to connect yes. millions millions of kids sort of doing sort of maths together so um it just give that real sense of of global connection as well um socially it can it can really help especially uh, my eldest child is a is a real introvert and so um having conversations with people is is quite tricky for him uh, but put him behind a screen and he'll type away and so you can actually get a lot more sort of um, emotions and, and what he's thinking by by typing to him so it can it can give kids access um, yeah, I think the other really obvious um, place we've seen screen time come to the fore or technology come to the fore is just uh, over the past year, year and a half where, where there's sort of remote teaching around the globe. We couldn't have done it without technology. Um, we've seen um, places sort of without that access to technology really, really struggle to, to keep up, which is, which is a real shame, but it, it does highlight how um, how much technology can still facilitate that learning. And I've loved watching teachers um, grow and come to know this technology, which for a lot of people is really feared um, and really sort of leverage it. And now remote teaching, um, it's just like that. I remember m my kid's school a couple of weeks ago, they had, they had some flooding and the transition to remote learning was, was seamless. seamless. It was fantastic. And, yes. yeah, and that's come because we've all sort of... Um, <laughs> being forced to get to know this new world of of, of remote learning. Um, so I've touched on a few benefits. I knew I'd have to come back to the second part of the question. <laughs> well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, if we know how it has and is hindering their lives, we can work work with that. Um, mm. So like anything, I mean, I, I think spelling definitely is one thing, even as, as us adults, that because we have spell check in almost every device and every app that we use, um, 
as well. So, I mean, I I, I personally think that spelling is, is one of the things that have hindered lives and, and also just getting the balance potentially is just the amount of time on screens. I know myself working in front of a computer all day that my eyesight isn't always great. That's an aging thing as well, of course, but this is, you know. We don't um, talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'd love to know. So, yeah, I throw, throw it back to you about how you see that technology is potentially hindering their lives with the view of what, like I said, so we so we understand it, so we can sort of, sort of work with it and to be able to have it in the end and the flip side benefit them. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think there are. There, there are lots of lots of dangers. Some obvious, some hidden. There is a lot of research and a lot more um, qualified people to to talk about the science behind it. We've we've talked about sort of the the blue light. Um, lots of those um, lots of dangers. I suppose the the more physiological ones, like if kids are sort of um, sedentary, spending time on screens, they're not active, and it's um, there's all this sort of um, sometimes sensationalized media going around about their their spines are changing shape and different things and so they're they're definitely yep. definitely things we have to consider and I think as parents they're probably more obvious and we sort of think oh let's get the let's get the kids outside let's get them socializing I think there are some more inherent dangers um with with screens and and, and the tech and the apps that our kids use as well I I always like to ask that question what's what's the intention behind the app um there's there's always a value exchange going on um, when when a kid is using technology. And I, I like to think, well, what's the value exchange here? Um, is this tech company actually looking out for the, the best interest of this kid? Are they trying to help them to, to learn or to grow? Um, or are they sort of an advertising-based business model? And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the kid's attention for as long as they can um, because the kid is actually the product um, and they're throwing ads at them and they're throwing more and more time and they spend millions of dollars just trying to keep them on there for as long as they possibly can. Um, and so what happens is is rather than kids making deliberate choices um, on, on what they're using, um, it's much more impulse-driven and, and adults are exactly the same. Like how many times do you sort of spend half an hour and just say, I, I didn't choose to spend that half an hour, it disappeared <laughs> on impulses and and impulses sort of turn into bad habits. And unfortunately, a lot of these companies make their money on sort of exploiting and leveraging um, our impulses, um, leveraging sort of that dopamine hit that we love. And, and unfortunately, um, social media does a lot of that as well. And, and there's a lot of research out there that, that shows that in this sort of ever-connected world of social media, kids are as um, disconnected as they've ever been and, and social-emotional well-being is is right up there at things that sort of we're all considering in, in how to address in mm. kids, and so yeah, it's it's really it's really tough because there are these inherent dangers, but you, you can't just you can't just say, well, let's just throw it out then because there there are other dangers. I've had I've had teenage parents come to me, and I'm not there yet, and so I'm I'm actually a little bit worried about how to address some of these needs. But they say to me, look, we we ban social media because we watched this documentary on on the dangers of it, but um, now, now my child is really marginalised at school because they haven't sort of had any contact and, and all their friendship group have spent the whole weekend interacting on whatever platform um, and they, they come to Monday and, and so they're now a social outcast because we've said no to social media. So it's a really, a really tough one to navigate as parents because there are, there are so many inherent dangers. Yes. 
Well, I mean, that's uh, we could sort of really flesh that out. Um, there's so much more to talk about. Um, and I really want to pick your brains on the information that you published in um, or that you wrote in the article. So for everyone watching, watching and listening, we published um, an article titled Teaching Parents to Budget Screen Time Can Help Them um, help them with the minefield of kids and technology. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what, what's the article about and, of course, what inspired you to write it? Yeah, for sure. I think it's probably why do we write that article? It's because we have so many people asking this question. Um, we have um, so many people searching up uh, what is the ideal amount of screen time? I think there was also a recent article brought out by the University of New South Wales on the the ideal amount of of screen time, um, and it's tricky because every household is different, every situation is different. Um, we all use <laughs> we all use screens for different things. I think um, many of us have sort of employed the, the TV or the iPad as the as the babysitter. Like it's it's a very easy easy thing to do. Um, so. As parents, we we want to do the right thing. We want to look after our kids, and and it's just such a minefield out there. So we basically wrote this um, just as a way to help parents come up with a, a common sense and deliberate approach. And I think that's really what we want is is to say this is really tough, but if we're deliberate about it um, and we take a common sense approach and we keep revisiting it, there's there's no pressure to get this right the first time. Um, and so what we talk about is a is a budget. We can we can talk about that in a minute, but you never get budget right. The first time you have a look and say, how did I go? Where do I need to sort of make those changes? What's the impact? But I think it's really coming back to um, just trying to act on deliberate decisions, on um, decisions that are driven by our values rather than our impulses. And it's just a really helpful habit I've, I've learned myself to say, would I have spent that half an hour um, if I had that, that time again? Did I choose to spend it that way or was it sort of impulse-driven um, just like when I go to Bunnings and come out with 40 things that I didn't need, it's sort of impulse <laughs> buying. And and I just sit there and go, you know what, I need to actually make my decisions on deliberate decisions. Um, and if I do that proactively, it's far more helpful than just relying on my impulses because you can't trust them. And so the more the you do that, the more they yeah, they, the more they sort of turn into to bad habits. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we also we also thought it was really helpful to clarify it's not just screen time is good or, or screen time is bad, there are different types of, of screen time. So mm-hmm. um, it's really helpful as parents to to actually be able to, to categorise them. And they're, they're not mutually exclusive. That There is overlap, um, as I've learned, and my, my son has leveraged, as he often tells me these games, he's playing an educational, look, Dad, there's maths here, there's maths there. And I said, okay, I wish you were so sort of creative in some of your English writing. But um, but. I think you've got sort of you've got your educational, um, you've got gaming, which they sometimes milk as educational. You've got sort of viewing or just watching for, um, I suppose, for recreational purposes. You've got social media. Um, it, it's helpful to actually break down and say, well, what is, um, yeah, what is the screen time that they're watching right now? And then it, it's much easier to say, well, what's the intention behind that? What's the what's the kid getting out of it? Um, it makes it easier to. Um, to, to monitor and to look after them as well. I think, hmm. I think, for example, forty-five minutes of of doing their homework is very different to forty-five minutes on social media, and it's it's unhelpful to say forty-five minutes on screen time. Um, it's helpful to actually break it up, and even break it up when you when you're thinking through setting some goals or budgets and things. So that's really where we we wanted to just just help 
give parents a a bit of a, a common sense guide because there there is so much confusion out there. Is such a minefield. Um, you yeah. take one approach, you get a hundred people making you feel bad because you, you're taking that approach, and so it's you feel like you, you just can't win sometimes. And and that, that like I said before, the temptation is to bury your head in the sand. And what we're saying is, don't bury your head in the sand because that's that's the worst possible thing you can do. Just be deliberate, get involved, and and you know what what I've what I've really learned is that screen time doesn't have to be this sort of they're over there on their screens and I'm over here watching from afar. I can I can get involved in their screen time. I can go into their world and and that actually gives me a chance to to build relationship to find out yes. where they're sort of getting their identity from and and that also helps me find out where they're going to be vulnerable down the track with things like like social media where I need to invest as a parent in other places as well. So because you're seeing them um, on their level, aren't you? That's you're in, mm. inviting yourself into their world. We've got one of our writers, um, gamer dad, um, and he says the same thing is the fact that he loves the fact that he can sit and you, you referenced gaming earlier, but it, that he uses that as an opportunity to be able to get on the same level as his kids. Um, and he said, otherwise, if he didn't do that, he wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to hear and understand how he how he, his son talks to their friends. And you know, you, you're, you're inviting yourself in, on, into their level. I think that's really powerful and very very. Uh, I think it's, it's a great opportunity to to be able to build the strength of the relationship with your children. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I had a bit of a, a, a chuckle while you were talking about that. I, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a good dad and I'm gonna invest on their level. And, and the kids got this this game on the the switch for, for Christmas. And um and I thought I'll, I'll come and play with them. And uh and so I had a few games with them. I thought, you know, this is this is pretty good. And uh all of a sudden they'd get they'd wake up the next day and they'd be like, Dad, we're a few more levels ahead of where we were last night. And so I stayed up. And you become addicted. It's it's not addicted. I just had a, a couple of little goes, but uh but yeah, but so we, we sort of and... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And and I so I won't I won't actually name the game we play, but we play it together and now we sort of have these little in jokes and this this sort of special language and even my uh, my son the other day had a birthday cake and it was built around this game. So it's been a great place for us to connect and rather than me trying to force him into yeah. sport or fishing or whatever where it's sort of um, sometimes hard work, I can come into their levels and it's just a great way. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's all about the intention. What's the intention behind the screen time and and what screen and what's on the screen and what's the benefit at the other end? But um, I mean, ultimately, what challenges overall do you see parents face when it comes to screen time with their kids generally? Yeah, I think I think it's just knowing knowing what they're doing sometimes, especially as they sort of become teenagers, they become a little bit more reclusive and um, so knowing knowing what they're actually doing. So even if you you know all these sort of different categories and that these domains, knowing where they're actually spending their time, it's it's a bit harder once they're teenagers. Um, it's also even if you you know the right thing, how do you in how do you enforce these boundaries? Do you do you say that's it? You're only allowed to spend time on on these ones, or do you take them away? Do you like what's the the best way to sort of enforce these um, boundaries? There's there's so much conflicting advice out there. Um, it's just such a challenge to know the right thing to do as a parent, and and I suppose that's why that's why we came up with these sort of um, this and, screen time budget as a bit of an idea. And you've referenced um, some of the uh, I guess educational elements of of 
of games and those types of things as well. But I'd love to know, just wanted to touch on that, which you mentioned earlier. Why do you think it's important for parents to see, I guess, and understand that video games, as an example, I'm going to say Minecraft, um, may um, and necessarily has, I guess, educa- educational elements for kids, you know, and, and how do you associate video games, I guess, with the dangers of excess screen time as well? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good wrestle to have. And like I said, there's there's no there's no silver bullet. But let's take Minecraft for example. There's there's an amazing amount of sort of spatial reasoning that goes in there, creating these worlds. Like it's very similar to <coughs> to architecture um, in lots of ways. To a lot of the activities that math textbooks will make them do. <coughs> but the kids are engaged. They're absolutely loving it. And and I suppose one of my my other passion areas is <coughs> is maths teaching. And I dream of this type of engagement and authentic learning in the classroom. So I will often engage these types of things in the classroom um, because maths isn't this sort of faraway abstract subject that we, we sometimes come to think of it as. Maths is, is real world, it's life. And, um, and we don't necessarily have to give them a, a textbook. They can, they can do lots of these applications um, in, in games, in, in projects, and it's far more um, authentic and, and real to them and that's what drives the engagement there's actually a, a purpose behind it they're loving yes. it they're, they're, they're driving their own learning not me sort of trying to to coerce them with all different different means so there are there are definitely some some huge benefits does that mean i say to him all right go and have five hours of minecraft absolutely minecraft. not so it's all about balance isn't it yes exactly so it's it's all about yeah. balance and and um and and he goes to school so it um, he, he obviously has to sort of stay on track with with what he's learning in, in class as well. But there are there are sometimes um, subtle subtle benefits we don't know about. There are there is a lot of maths um, that goes into sort of creating video games, and so sometimes it's about making kids aware of these things that you actually love. There is a connection yeah. to this thing that you you might not necessarily love, and so a lot of these sort of gamers finish school and go on to create games and they say, wow, maths is actually really cool. I wish it wasn't so boring back at school. So I yes. think it's about leveraging that a little bit as well and 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 connecting connecting their worlds a little bit rather than saying, here's this sort of dry abstract topic. Here's this good fun. Let's let's merge them a little bit. And just sort of flowing on from that about balance as well, um, I understand there was a recent um, uh, UNSW study provided some answers to the ideal amount of screen time. Um, in the article, you mentioned that the, I think the ideal amount of screen time is one to two hours uh, for, you know, 11 to 17-year-old students. Is there anything else you can maybe just really, really quickly just tell us about that study that is relevant and that could help parents at all? Yeah, I think <clears throat> that study was really helpful. But at the same time, as they acknowledged, it's it changes as students are different age groups. Of course. have different personalities like I know one of my children um, is sort of really vulnerable to sort of becoming addicted to these things and would spend all day on it the other the other one you'll put on a device and 20 minutes later is outside kicking off footy anyway so um, you've got to take that into account but it also doesn't necessarily um, take into account different types of screen time as well I think the main point behind that article is is don't throw it out it can have some some real benefits um, so it's good to acknowledge those um, and it's, it's good to have that balance. Um, and, and so from that, we basically, we just tried to help help parents out with giving them a little bit of scaffolding. And that's where this screen time budget idea came from. from. 
So what is the ideal amount of screen time? And is there, I guess, a simple and effective approach that parents can maybe apply? I'm, not, I'm, I'm reticent to, to say what the <laughs> ideal amount of screen time is. The, the ideal amount of screen time for my kids probably changes. But what we like to do is we like to have a really deliberate approach. And so using something like um, the screen time budget, what we'll do is we'll, we'll allocate them different amounts of time um, per week. And what we'll do is we'll be, we'll be engaged and involved in, in that ourselves. And I think they need to see us um, owning our own behaviour and modelling that behaviour as well because to be honest, uh, there are times when my kids have said, Dad, do you mind putting your phone away while we're at the dinner table? And I think, you know, yeah. what? That's, a, that's a really fair point. So we need to we need to model this behaviour. There's no point in us saying, um, you guys Great need to get example. it right and, and put it down, except we're going to sort of spend our time. And my job is remote and my team is global, so it's it's really hard for me to to switch off. And so I've had to learn to, you know, what between 5 and 7.30 is a, is a device-free time for, for me. Um, and so we sort of allocate that time to them. And then each week we say, look, how do we go? And there's, there's some great um, technology out there which will show you where you've actually spent your time. Um, and, and it's actually quite, it's quite convicting at times because you look at that chart and you think, are you serious? I spent that much time doing that. Like it, the time disappears because it's just so impulsive. And so we come together and we say, well, well, how did it go? Do we need to adjust that? Do we need to, do we need to put some, some measures in place? Do we need to put some concrete things in place to help us all? Um, and it's really just trying to be proactive and deliberate and, and let our values make the decisions rather than our impulses make the decisions. Because so Anyone know. watching and listening, can you maybe just describe uh, just very briefly, what is a screen time budget and how can it help families? Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's very similar to um, I suppose a monetary budget um, for the same reasons as well. Like we, we know if you're not deliberate with your money, um, it goes to all these places you don't necessarily want it to and then you run out of it when you when you need it um, and, and time is of, of more value than money. So we should be really deliberate, but it's actually, it's much more slippery. It's not this sort of concrete thing with, with numbers. We can see it, it disappears and at the end of the week you think, my goodness, I spent three hours on social media, for example, and you think I'd love to get that time back and spend it doing something a bit more deliberate. Um, you don't hear many people say at the end of their lives, I wish I spent more time on social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hear many people say, I wish I spent more time at work. Um, but it's basically breaking it up and saying, look, here's the different categories. So the, the example we gave in the article was educational, sort of school-based, educational, extra in the things that the kids are wanting to do extra, um, gaming, um, recreational viewing or watching um, social media. And so just breaking it up and saying, this is the amount of time that we're, we're allocating. It's really helpful to see it in hours as well because you think, wow, I'm giving that many hours uh, to this. Um, it, it's helpful to have something concrete on paper. And then at the end of the week, you get your, you get your um, screen time out. There's, there's 100 of them out there. And it shows you the breakdown. And so you can say, how did I go at this? Where do I need to, to make those changes? And, and you, can, you can have a little bit of fun. It's a great way of connecting as the family. And it's like, Dad, look what you did there. Like we, you, need to, you need to put some things in place. Um, and, Dad, you keep blowing out on, on Facebook. Holding you maybe, accountable. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're very good at holding me accountable. <laughs> I wish they'd sort of hold themselves as accountable. But it's, it's modelling that behaviour as well. And it, it doesn't have to be this sort of rigid um, legalistic approach. It's just it's be, becoming aware of it. It's just trying to be proactive and deliberate, a time for connection and, and having an iterative approach. Like there's no point in saying, look, it was too hard. Let's just throw it out. Let's go back to, to doing whatever. It's, it's about saying, you know what, um, it, this didn't 
quite work this week. Let's put some things in place and let's try again for next week. And just keep yeah. iterating on that, being deliberate and being aware. And, and it's just really helping them to become responsible users of, of technology as, as they grow older. This, but this you're stuff, teaching them that, how to do that by doing this. Exactly. Actually, exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's one danger I, I help to talk to parents that are sort of on that end where they're throwing technology at is just saying this this isn't going away. And you know what even a lot of their jobs are going to rely on these things. We need to help them to become responsible users whilst protecting them because they're so vulnerable, especially sort of that dopamine and the the, the social media stuff. So it's such a balancing act, but being deliberate and involved means you're not going to get that rude shock where you've sort of left them for a few years and a lot of damage is done. You can actually be in their world and, and see what's happening. Yeah, and teaching the difference between what I call positive and negative screen time so they actually understand that. Uh, yeah, that and even like- helping them to ask that question, what's, what's the intention of, of what I'm doing and, and knowing yeah. that I'm the product here and I'm just sort of scrolling through ads and little sort of impulsive things and just helping them to make decisions on sort of deliberate value choices rather than, than in impulsive swiping. So tell me if this is right. This is what I'm hearing. So a screen time budget um, helps determine, I guess, how many hours your family is willing to spend in front of devices, irrespective of what they are, each week. Um, and I guess it's up to each member of the family to determine that and how they actually use those those screen hours is that right yeah yeah so you'd have you'd have one um per person and so you'd you'd put that in um and this is i suppose the most formal and concrete you'd go so you might want to start off like this and then become a little bit vaguer or some people just use this as a little bit of scaffolding so it's, it's up to you how far you want to go i suppose this is the the, the most formal um end of the spectrum to, to give us a bit of an idea on, on how to do it but yeah basically each person would would jot in um, their hours, what they're what they're striving for this week, um, and even that's a great place for a conversation. So you'd say you're only giving yourself an hour on on um, gaming. Do you know how quick that hour is going to like? It's just it's good to actually think through those numbers when you're planning them, and then at the end of the week, that's when the real conversations because you see one hour blew out to to ten. So you have one each, um, and then you iterate on that. And how do you know how many hours to allocate per per person per age group? Then, that- I think that's where the that's where this whole conversation happens, and that's that's where that balance is, and that's where you can actually make a decision based on your values as a family. So, um, there are lots of things that that come into play there. So, with our kids, um, we look at their personalities, we look at their age, um, we look at sort of how much homework they're giving, uh, given that type of thing. Um, even like I said, one of them's sort of really susceptible to. He's got a bit more of a, a, an addictive um, personality, and so we're really careful with that. So, at the moment, we've we've said for him, there's going to be no social media just now. We just we don't think he's got the the maturity for that. So he doesn't have anything in his social media column. Um, it's also sometimes it can be used as a bit of a a reward system as well. So if they've actually been mature about this, we'll say, you know what, we might we might increase um, we might increase your your gaming time a couple of hours a week because you know you what you've shown maturity and you're actually growing in this way. There are other times at the moment at school holidays, so that that column goes up as well. <laughs> that's for our of benefit course. as much as theirs sometimes. So you do have to be flexible, and that's that's where you sit down as a family and take into account these things that we've learned and say let's let's make a, a common sense. Um, decision based on our values and let's try and stick to that rather than just impulsively letting things go because you know what if if we just did that my kids would easily well, especially one of them would easily spend all day every day um, on his device uh, in these yeah. school holidays so 
but like we're saying, you're actually teaching them how to to um, allocate their time and the benefits of it, which is so powerful. So are, are parents using apps to um, be able to track this particular screen time budget? Or is it a, a manual process with something on the fridge? What are your recommendations there? So I just use, use apps. So there are different apps built into um, smartphones into so I get a report every day on my on my use on my computer so I won't I won't go and name them on here but there are lots of lots of apps out there a lot of um, phones even have it built into their software um, you can I think I think that's a really good idea having it as a public one on the fridge so we can actually mark it down and they can see how they're they're going and it can be sort of interactive there are lots of other elements like this this helps you train yourself in so many different aspects of being deliberate in life. So I think that that'd be a really good idea as well. Um, I might take that and, um, and apply it. Well, I mean, it's just because in the article, you've actually got a chart and yeah. I, I, everyone's different. I'm a visual person. So um, if, if I was to show you this office, I've got things up on the walls everywhere because that's just how my brain works. But if you have something yeah. on the fridge and it is visual for the whole family to see, I don't know if it, you know, it, it depends on, on a case by case scenario, but it, you know, everyone can be accountable Uh and it's it's right there when you go to get the other uh, milk first thing in the morning. If you see yeah, that's that's right. You say, oh, Dad, Dad, look what's going on here. <laughs> so, as you mentioned before too about people and some parents that have completely removed social media um, uh, from children's lives. Do you think that screen time budget and doing this is much more effective than actually slashing screen time or sort of taking things away from kids and and leaving them to, to their own devices literally as you sort of mentioned at the start of the uh, the chat as well yeah I, I do and and I understand that temptation there there are some days where I just want to say I've had enough it's all too hard I'm going to throw it out let's sort of go and live in the bush I, like I understand that that temptation is it is so difficult with with so much sort of research saying different things out there but I really do think having a deliberate approach like this is helping them to become um, sort of responsible citizens in the world that they're they're growing up in. Um, often you see families that'll say no technology until fifteen, and then they're sort of bombarded and they can't handle it. I think you need yeah. to you need to drip feed them. You know, we need to we need to train them up, and that's modelling, and that's helping them um, get a taste for it. And so at, with my kids at the moment, um, that is a is a small taste, and that'll slowly that'll incrementally sort of increase as they get older, as we have conversations. And, and there are times where we said, you know what, we've given them too much freedom. We need to rein it in. And there are other times where we say, you know what, they're actually showing some maturity. We can, we can increase it. Um, but that's different for every family family. But yeah, I would really say have that sort of deliberate approach. It's, it's not going away. You're not actually helping them by, by saying, let's go cold Turkey. Cause at whatever age it is, if you, you say, look at 18, they're going to go out um, they're going to be absolutely hammered by a world. They're going to be overwhelmed with it. They're not going to be a responsible user. Um, and we see that in lots of sort of aspects of life. You're far mm-hmm. better off sort of training them up um, early, especially when they're in that sort of protective environment of the home. So just to recap then, um, so, so parents can set up a, a successful screen time budget for their family using apps, um, even if it's just a piece of paper on the on the fridge. It's all age dependent. Of course, it's, it's up to the parent to allocate what amount, whatever amount of time they want per child. But um, this is something to consistently um, sort of and diligently sort of bring into your life um, for the benefit of educating children uh, on the benefits of how they spend their time and, in, and being intentional with creating balance also, um, but, but being intentional that they're using their screen time um, from a positive educational perspective as opposed to it just being 
uh, a, d- a dopamine effect on social media, yeah. all those things as well. Exactly. And just helping them be aware of all that, helping them be aware of the dangers, um, helping yeah. them be aware of where our impulsiveness can can lead us to sometimes. So it's I think it's really just equipping them and, and training them up in a, in a deliberate way. Um, yeah. And there are just there are so many benefits that you see, and one of those is is relational. Like it's 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 good fun interacting with the the kids and being being part of their world. Um, and we we are so deliberate in training them up in all these other ways throughout life. Technology is is not going anywhere. They need to be um, responsible users and interactors of technology because the, there is a lot of danger for them, but they can also do a lot of damage as well. So they need to be aware of these things. Chris, thank you so much today for, for providing your insight, you know, from your, a teacher's perspective, a professional perspective, and also your personal experience and, and inviting us into to that world. So thank you. Um, and, and just, you know, for your knowledge and wisdom around education and screen time. If you were to summarise your key messages for anyone watching and listening today, what would they be? I think that's, a, that's another tough one. I think the big message is, it's a it's really tough. It's a minefield out there. I get to to live and breathe this stuff every day, and and there are so many times I get it wrong, and so many times I I, I do want to sort of throw my my head back and just say, you know what, it's too hard. Um, but my encouragement is just be be deliberate about it. Um, you're not going to get it right the first time. In in fact, there is no silver bullet. There are so many factors. You know your your kid best. But we do need to do this for their sake. We do need to train them up. We do need to to model this. Um, so that they are that responsible user of of tech in the future. Awesome. Now, we will have a link through to the article in the show notes and, of course, um, links through to all the 3P learning uh, apps. Um, Otherwise, if um, parents want to be able to find more uh, information, whereabouts can they sort of find you guys? So you can find us, um, 3PLearning.com. Dot com. Um, so we have we have lots of articles on our blog about these types of things. We we're thinking about this stuff all the time. Um, World Maths Day is coming up, which is which is an exciting time just to see sort of kids using tech to to come together on a on a global scale. Uh, I think we have 100 150 countries participate last time, so that's wow. that's pretty exciting. Mm. Um, but yeah, that there is lots. There is a lot of information out there. Some more helpful um, than others. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. <laughs> it is, it is, and thank you for acknowledging that and just being open. Um, and I, and once again, it's just being empathetic with with families and, and children, uh, children's needs. Everyone's, as you said, it's not going away, and it's about how we integrate this into our life, being intentional and creating balance. But thank you so much for your time today, and hope for the opportunity to have another chat with you again in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, stay safe and uh, take care. All right, see ya. Thanks for having me. All right, bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kiddypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids. 